There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined today by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how is it going today? It's going really great. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Season 5 has just started off so well, and this is going to be a great episode. Yeah, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, This is your weekly Apex Legends podcast, and today we're going to be going through some reviews, covering some news, ranking all the legends for you guys, dropping together, and then wrapping up with some questions. We got a big day ahead of us. Hopefully we can keep this one under an hour. We'll see, though. Please check us out on Instagram and Twitter at ThirdPartyPod. Thank you guys so much for getting us to the top spot on Spotify and the second spot on Apple Podcasts in the search algorithm for Apex Legends. We're growing a lot because of it, and it means a ton. And this community is getting even bigger, so it's really awesome. But with that, let's start us off with some reviews. So first, coming from Very Good, this is a five-star review. And they say, I love your pod. I love listening to you guys when I play Apex. Very nice to hear. Love the support. And uh, I know a few of our listeners listen to the podcast uh, while playing. Uh, That's something that my ears uh, might not be able to adjust to, but that's pretty fun. I would never be able to play while listening. I don't know how you guys do that. It's so impressive, though. But with that, though, let's get into the news, leaks, and rumors. First one's pretty big. I'm excited for this. Uh, Respawn has officially announced that they're opening a new uh, studio in Vancouver, Canada. So this is going to be an 80 plus team member fully dedicated to Apex. That is a huge, huge like workforce coming in that's dedicating themselves to this game. That's uh, massive. Yeah, it's huge. The CFO, uh, Blake Jorgensen, expects Apex to have a 10 year run ahead of it and was comparing it to other blockbuster games like COD and like just all these huge shooters and that it really wants to sustain this level of success they're having. And the other fun fact is they're going to be doubling the writing team in size with the opening of the studio, which, oh man, we already are like cranking out all this lore right now. I can't even imagine what they're going to be doing in a year or so. It's going to be awesome. It's really exciting to see that, you know, Apex is not slowing down and this is really exciting just because that means that we're going to get more content. The game's still going to get updates. We could potentially continue to see new legends come out and just new maps. It's, it's really great for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. The next piece of news we have is coming from Twitter from Carlos Pineda, the lead designer at Respawn and kind of some lifeline thoughts. So I'm just going to kind of read out his thread because I think That's kind of the best way to do it. He makes some really awesome points. Uh, So starting at the top, lots of talk about Lifeline and buffs. So let me speak to that a bit. Lifeline is in a complicated spot. Despite the claim that she is in dire need of a buff, the data says she remains top tier across different categories. For example, pick rate, win rate, and KD ratio. So in that sense, she does not need a buff at all. But I get it. Everyone wants her to be unique, and I agree she's lost some of her shine due to other legends' buffs. But we can't straight up add power to her. That would drive her metrics even higher. What we're really looking for is a side grade. We want her to be different from other legends without necessarily adding power. That kind of design is much harder than just cranking up numbers or adding new things that she can do. So be patient. We're working on it, but it is a difficult problem. In the meantime, you can feel better about picking Lifeline knowing you're still in good hands. 
Lifeline gets a negative rap uh, around the internet, and I think we're both very positive about her, that she's a great legend still, and so I don't get it, and I understand, like, this makes a lot of sense to me, what Pineda is saying, like, a side grade, adding more uniqueness to her kit, and probably looking at that ultimate specifically, but Lifeline is not in dire need of a buff, as a lot of people, I believe, think. Yeah, I agree, you know, I play a decent amount of Lifeline, I really enjoy playing her, uh, and yeah, there's just kind of been this uproar on social media about kind of new rework ideas, complete scrap of her entire kit, um, and kind of just rebuild it from the ground up. And what I've been saying is, if you think Lifeline needs this huge buff, then I'm not really convinced you're playing her right. You know, before Loba, she was the only support legend. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be storming into fights and getting crazy. Like, you know, play to Lifeline's strengths. And I think today we'll talk more about her her kid and kind of what those strengths are yeah and i'm glad that he said something though because there was a lot of negativity going around and i think the idea of a side grade is really cool and she is like the quote-unquote medic of apex and i don't think she specifically plays exactly to that right now with how people want to play her um with the ultimate specifically i think is what i think of because now that Loba is kind of coming in as this looting support legend, I think maybe having an ultimate that does, you know, appeal more to the like healing aspect of her kit would be kind of cool. And but figuring out how to do that from a side grade perspective seems so complex. I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This whole concept of a side grade just really confuses me. I don't know how you add an ability or change an ability of a legend without making them necessarily better or worse. I think that is quite an obstacle uh, and it's cool that they're working on it. It, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, it's a lot of testing, I'm sure. I'm sure that they're going through a lot of different phases with it and they got a long ways to go, I bet. Uh, But yeah, Lifeline, you're in good hands and I think we're going to possibly be doing lifeline on an upcoming mastering the legends podcast and so hopefully we can speak to how we think she should be played soon the last piece of news is a new uh survey beacon hack animation from the twitter user at the underscore sum with two u's and essentially they added a bloodhound animation and a crypto animation to the files uh this is something we've kind of talked about a lot and it's been leaked in the past but seeing the animations actually be added in there is uh, another step outside of the code and is something could be coming maybe we're like super nerdy about this i feel like we've been talking about this for a long time ever since it was initially leaked uh but this is a big deal for at least how we play a lot i know that you know the the survey beacons are not uh, incredibly essential to a lot of the pro teams uh and a lot of uh public players uh, don't use them uh, all the time but if you start having all these recon legends being able to use those, that's a lot of really great information. Yeah, we definitely value the survey beacon and that kind of shows in our rankings, I think, today. Um, and so potentially having this on two other legends would be really cool because it is an awesome ability. Um, and hopefully if they do something like this, uh, Pathfinder gets something good that can be an additional passive. So For we'll sure. see. We'll see. With that, though, let's get into the main topic of the day. We're going to be ranking all the legends for you guys. A lot, a lot to talk about. And I'm going to let Henry kind of explain our thought process going through this and the methodology of our rankings, because we definitely come at it from a unique perspective compared to a lot of people. 
Yeah, for sure. So pretty much uh, we did a ranking of the legends last season, one of our first episodes. Really fun. We got to kind of establish this new criteria and kind of rank the legends for the first time. Um, And near the end of season four and definitely now arriving into season five, uh, we've seen a ton of changes to the legends. Oh, Uh, man. And so this is really a great time uh, to re-rank the legends. Um, Kind of some things to preface before we dive into it is, you know, when watching Professional Apex, uh, we all see a very solid meta. Um, Definitely defending buildings with Watson and then moving zone with Wraith uh, is pretty much how things are. Yeah, the positioning Um, is like what is valued above everything else in that competitive meta. Yeah, Yeah, and we just have not seen the nerfs uh, to those abilities and those legends to rattle that, you know, highly competitive uh, professional meta. And so today, what we're really talking about is we're ranking the legends in public lobbies, um, but also potentially in ranked lobbies. Um, you know, kind of as soon as you get up to the predator lobbies and the master tier ranked lobbies, uh, things really change drastically and start to kind of turn into those pro games. And so we kind of felt like we're going to rank them for the general uh, public and kind of the first tiers of ranked on what legends can holistically kind of best win their gunfights, support the team, and win and close out games. Yeah. So this kind of complex methodology, if you haven't uh, listened to the last episode, um, just in general, ranking the legends is really tricky. Um, It's definitely can come down to personal preference. Um, Nearly all players of Apex really get attached to their legends and can really uh, become extremely savvy at using their abilities and kind of just get emotionally invested as well. Um, And so kind of what we're trying to do here is come up with a semi-objective method of ranking the legends by ordering each best to worst with their respective passive, tactical, and ultimate abilities. So kind of chopping up all the legends and looking at them just for their passive, just for their tactical, and just for their ultimate. It's kind of an interesting take on it. Um, You know, it's really tough to be objective because... I don't know, obviously, some legends are completely defined by one of their abilities, Yeah. Um, but we try to kind of take everybody uh, as those individuals. Um, and this is also a little bit different uh, this season because we did a slightly different approach uh, by Shay doing his own ranking and myself doing my own ranking, and then we averaged them together this time, uh, again, to try to just remove that bias and try to be as objective as we can. Yeah, I think you... S- yeah, explained it very well. And, you know, it's awesome. I think one thing that will be a common theme throughout this entire process is the legends have never been as balanced as they are. And yeah. you can be really, really good with a huge portion of the legends. Like even uh, the guys that are going to end up at the bottom are still incredibly fun to play and in the right hands can be very, very successful. And so ranking is very tough in general. Uh, it's just something I think is good for like people that want to hear it and the intro players kind of understanding where the meta is in general but you can master anyone at this point right now yeah i I think that's absolutely true and to just speak a bit about kind of the math perspective uh, we ranked each legend by their abilities 13 being the best one being the worst then we added up that passive tactical and ultimate to come up with an overall score and you know someone that's interesting is that overall score isn't that much different like we don't see a huge variability so 
you know, this episode is really just a great opportunity to showcase all the amazing options and to kind of speak about the differences and who kind of maybe edges out another one. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm excited to do like a team construct soon as well and kind of talk to that because I think it that kind of changes your rankings as well. Like there's yeah. just so many variables that are hard to do in a straight up uh, ranking. Yeah. I think doing some sort of team composition is pretty ambitious, but I think we're both excited to do that. Um, we just haven't really figured out how yet. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. We're, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, let's start though with the passives. Yeah. So last time we started uh, from bottom to top. Should we do that again? Yeah, yeah, let's All do right. it. So the worst <laughs> passive in the game, worst passive in the game uh, was awarded unanimously to crypto. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about crypto in the past, um, but kind of just the sad fact that his tat or his passive is so much intertwined with his tactical. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't really seem fair that he would even have a tactical if it wasn't for this Neuralink passive that allows his teammates to see what his drone sees so it's hard to put a passive below that just because he doesn't really have one it doesn't really add any value to his kit yeah i mean it's so weird like i think of his passive as like you can look at the banners and see how many squads are in the area and you can pick up uh like the banners or the respawn cards from your teammates and even that is like you still got to be in your drone. So you have to have your tactical for that to happen. And I don't know. He's just definitely, uh, he's replacing Mirage at the bottom. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of, yeah. I would love to hear from, from some of the listeners about crypto in general. Um, whenever I play with a random crypto, uh, I kind of facepalm it. It's really tough just because typically you're playing down a, down a player and, the drone's really, really hard to use. Yeah. Like, say what you will about the ultimate. It's pretty strong. We'll talk about it later. Uh, but just crypto is really hard to use. And that's why he is where he is for this yeah. passive. Yeah, 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 for sure. So number two from the bottom is Bloodhound. Um, you know, I really like playing Bloodhound. I think he's super fun. Um, his passive is kind of being able to track enemy movement and kind of see where bullets have been put and potentially footsteps sometimes. Uh, but we kind of put it near the bottom here because of the inconsistency. You know, it's a bit uh, unreliable. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I feel like uh, tracking people, you still lose them so much. And which is kind of weird because he's a tracker. And I think this is a cool ability, but the actual execution of it is pretty 50-50. And for what it actually like does for you, I'm not sure how uh, good it is at that point. Yeah, definitely being able to kind of track things in Apex is almost just not very important just because gunfights are so incredibly loud that yeah. if you want to chase down fights, you do not need a bloodhound to find that for you. So it's it's kind of tough. And like you said, losing the trail is uh, kind of frustrating. Definitely. But uh, number three, so Watson's passive, uh, she's able to fully charge her ultimate uh, with one ultimate accelerant. Pretty yeah. Cool. And then the, you know, fences, uh, you get to see where people have come through. But for the most part, you're looking at where those fences are. So it's a cool ability, but I don't think it's anything uh, special, unique that like sets her apart, especially with the addition of like charge towers now into the game. Uh, but ultimate accelerants in general are, you can find a lot of them. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think kind of just moving forward, 
uh, on one of our previous episodes, we kind of spoke about what makes a really great legend and having a distinct passive tactical and ultimate uh, definitely factored into that. And here, you know, Watson, her passive, it doesn't really make her distinct. It just supports her ultimate. And that's why it's kind of near the bottom because it doesn't really add too much. Yeah. Uh, but next is Wraith. Uh, down here at the lower tier uh, in passives, kind of interesting. Uh, Shay, do you have anything to say about it? You know, uh, Wraith, it doesn't execute as well as I think it should. Uh, I feel like too often I get the notifications that the gunfire is already coming at me. Uh, and then, you know, it's like you can just say that in the party at that point. And I think the best use of her passive is that you can recognize when traps are nearby. And that's kind of the helpful part, I think. Uh, but definitely it's weird that there is some lag to it at times and that it doesn't always uh, work out. For sure. Then next up we have Octane. Um, you know, being able to passively regenerate health uh, is a really nice passive in my opinion. It definitely is essential uh, with kind of the consequences of his tactical taking 10 health. Uh, but I, I really like this passive. It can definitely save some syringes um, kind of help out the team because uh, Octane doesn't really need them all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, do you have any words to say about it? We're starting to get kind of into the part where I think uh, ranking was becoming difficult because Octane's passive is great. Like, it's really good. Recharging your health is awesome. Um, and these guys are all starting to, like, clump together into their tiers right here. And I think that, you yeah, know, it's okay. Yeah, you know, the Octane passive doesn't give him an advantage in a fight. Um, like some of these uh, higher up legends are going to have, uh, but it's definitely solid. And, you know, there's a lot of ideas about reworking this passive with kind of the mm -hmm. future uh, upgrades to Octane. Uh, but I personally really like uh, this passive. Yeah, it just seems a little, uh, sometimes when you're playing with an Octane, you feel like they stim and then they still have to use a syringe. And so the passive isn't even like accomplishing, I think, the offset of what the goal was. And so I think if it even if it healed more or faster, we would definitely see an increase on this ranking. But for right now, there's just so many other passives that uh, I would rather have personally. Word. So now we're coming into kind of the middle tier uh, with Caustic coming up next up the ladder. Um, kind of has a unique passive with this season, you know, big buff to Caustic. Um, and kind of I see his passive as being able to not take damage from enemy gas. Um, which is huge to be able to really storm through enemy caustics and catch them by surprise. Um, but Shay, you've played a lot of caustic. How do you feel this? Yeah, I had caustic ranked uh, originally a little bit higher, and then I brought them down uh, after we kind of figured out the separation of the passives. But definitely like an increase from last season just because of the addition of teammates not being affected by the gas. Uh, and that's a really nice addition to his kit. And I haven't experienced it yet because, you know, not in the master and the pred lobbies, but I'm hearing that he's dominating those lobbies right now. Um, and so, you know, hopefully uh, they figure something out because he was the only buff in these patch notes that was addressed as something that will be monitored and possibly changed uh, quickly, depending on how the health of the game goes. Yeah, for sure. I think that was a very interesting designer note in the patch notes that we went over last week. Uh, but next up, we have Bangalore. Um, her passive, uh, can be really nice in a gunfight to be able to double time it and get out of tricky situations and reposition, uh, can be really nice. Uh, and that's kind of why she is where she is just because this starts to really give you an advantage in a fight. Yeah. 
and the ability to strafe with the extra speed uh, in those situations is absolutely killer because it's an incredible speed boost and overall just very very helpful to have yeah and bangalore's you know her hitbox is pretty uh pretty respectable and she doesn't have low profile and being able to have this added mobility even for a short duration uh definitely makes her a, a pretty fun legend to use and definitely a, a nice passive yep next up is loba a new legend uh kind of coming onto the scene uh you know last season we had revenant come in and kind of all of his abilities uh were kind of pushed to the bottom uh, but here, Loba definitely uh, makes a splash with her passive, uh, being able to see loot, uh, high-tier loot, legendary, uh, through walls. Super cool. You know, uh, this is very unique compared to all these other passives. Uh, Shay, you've really been enjoying Loba? Yeah, I mean, I'll speak to it uh, a little bit and just like, I think that the best use of this tactical or this passive is the fact that it really allows you to expedite the looting process, especially when you're rotating. Uh, and so like when you're running through these areas and you know like hey you have a teammate looking for armor or you have a teammate looking for an extended mag you guys don't have to stop and loot every care uh, box and you can really really speed that up and we both agree that we love uh, fighting over looting and so being able to expedite that process during a game is a big reason and off the drop it's an amazing ability to have being the first person to have purple armor in a fight off the drop is absolutely huge yeah, for sure. Next up is Revenant, uh, somebody that kind of slept here on the passive for last season. Uh, but I think Shay and I have both kind of uh, finally come around to really respecting this passive, being able to have that additional climbing and then a nearly silent crouching uh, while not taking any of a speed reduction really is quite a passive. Uh, you know, there isn't really a counter to it. Uh, just because he can always do it, it can't get taken away. Um, it's quite a nice mobility feature for Revenant. Yeah, and like you said, you know the fact that you always have it, and just also people have gotten so much better with it since we last ranked the legends, and so kind of being able to see that and how it is played very well uh, definitely shows the value that this ability can have. Nothing's worse than getting shot in the back in Apex, and his kit is really uh, focusing on trying to do that, really. Yeah, a, a really uh, cautious and aware team can use a Revenant to really turn a fight. And, you know, that's a really great point to bring up that, you know, we're looking at all these legends as individuals and ranking them accordingly. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this is a team-based game. So, yeah. you know, having one legend that has a passive, putting that, you know, above another one uh, in the game is not super effective. This is kind of just for picking your legend uh, right off the bat. So yeah. kind of interesting in those gunplays. Next up is Pathfinder. Uh, that survey beacon that we were talking about earlier. Um, Big fan. Seriously change games. Yeah, I mean, being able to know where to position yourself late game is huge. It's going to lead you to win so many more games and you know, in ranked and publics, it's always good. Sometimes you will run into the games where you don't get to use it. Um, and that's just a risk that we still find to be acceptable and that uh, the passive is still incredibly valuable to us. And it would be crazy to see how our rankings would be switched up with the addition of this, the Bloodhound and Crypto, because I think that could seriously change some things. And survey beacons are awesome. They really yeah. are. 
it would blow my mind if crypto and bloodhound got uh this ability uh i really put some value on it you know when i play pathfinder i really try to use this kit to the fullest like i try to use uh the survey beacons and pop down zip lines uh, as much as possible um and i have definitely won games because i can get to high ground before other people because of this passive alone so i think that it is fairly important at the number 4 seed yeah I agree 100%. Now we're getting into top three. And uh, there's a theme. There's a theme for sure. Uh, but at number three, we have Mirage. Um, I'm celebrating. I'm so, oh, so happy. So happy. Here at the third party, we're kind of biased. We're extremely happy about Mirage. Um, but his passive is uh, quite buffed right now. You yeah. know, uh, he can do a variety of things with it, which is something we admire. Um, but he didn't lose anything with the season five buff. So whenever he gets knocked, uh, he has a period of being invisible while a decoy is out dancing around or something. And we gave that ability a lot of, uh, bad vibes Yeah, just because you had to be dead to use the ability. And that's tough. Um, but kind of coupled with the self revive, uh, it can be a, a pretty cool passive when executed well. Definitely. But additional to this, uh, now Mirage, whenever he revives a teammate or goes to a respawn beacon, he's invisible. And this can be a really incredible support ability, a really nice passive for some very clutch, aggressive reses. Um, you know, Shay, you've really been enjoying this, uh, been able to get some sketchy reses off. It's, there's some crazy stuff you can do with it. Uh, I really like the fact that he has value beyond himself at this point because of the passive the passive really alters the team and just being able to really uh, res in another additional way is so nice i mean if you guys are following our podcast you've seen some crazy clips uh, of people uh, doing these invisible reses in front of others and obviously that's not always going to work there's noise that comes from the res but still just being able to do that uh is a huge, huge ability to have in this game. For sure. And then in the number two passive, we have Gibraltar. The legendary arm shield can definitely uh, change gunfights. And if you're in the right position and you're able to really barrel down on somebody, that extra 50 HP uh, turns out to be a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, And even at long range, being able to absorb that first like sniper shot is really, really nice. And yeah. forcing people to kind of like really think about that aim and go for the feet or the head is really cool. It's a fun, it's a, it's just a good ability for sure. And uh, number one, we have uh, the princess herself, Lifeline. <laughs> uh, just an incredible list of passives uh, just to kind of go through them. Uh, she reses in four seconds instead of five seconds all the time. With a shield. With a huge shield mm -hmm. around her. Um, you know, that's quite incredible. She then also consumes healables faster than anybody else. So kind of similar to Golden Armor uh, in Season 4. Uh, that's now since been removed. She's the only one that can heal faster than anybody else. Mm -hmm. um, kind of just incredible. That ability in and of itself uh, is really good. That's the one that I think really draws a lot of lifeline players. And it's the one where it's like, my favorite thing about a passive is like if you switch legends and you realize you miss something you're like oh that was good and i feel like every time i play lifeline and then go to another legend it's uh it's 
kind of a downer. And then also, you know, having these blue care packages now uh, around Kings Canyon and just getting that extra loot can be really, really nice. And the fact that they remove knockdown shields from it really helps because it sucked that like every one of them pretty much had one knockdown shield last season. Yeah, for sure. Those extra supply bins, one out of every five uh, is the drop rate for those extra um, loot items for Lifeline. And it's it's pretty nice. You know, having all these different passives uh, really help, but we definitely weighted that uh, that fast healing of herself as being the number one. Yeah, it all added up together and yeah, came to the number one spot. Now off to tacticals. So uh, this is really uh, what people use the most. You know, tacticals uh, kind of define a legend, I would say. Um, and being able to execute a tactical and kind of messing around with the cooldown is kind of the main uh, buffs and balances that we've seen uh, throughout the lifetime of Apex. And so it's definitely an important part. I haven't seen a lot of changes to ultimates or passives, but tacticals are uh, quite important. Yeah, 100%. And I think like uh, every tactical has good usage. Like ranking these was really hard because, you know, when used correctly, they all really do add significant value to a kit. And really focusing on which ones are our preferences was the key here for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely interesting looking at these bottom legends uh, in our rankings. Um, and yeah, just like you said, like if used to the best and if it's situational, all these tacticals are super good, but this is how our rankings came down. Bottom number 13, we have Octane. Uh, you know, being able to have speed is really valuable, uh, in a fight can make him extremely hard to hit. Uh, now that, you know, there's been some balancing Octane can really get away, uh, with this tactical as well. But I think Shay and I just feel that the cost of 10 HP is a lot and it's really uh, kind of a, a high price to pay for this ability. Yeah, definitely. And part of it for me as well was the sound. Like you really do know when an octane is around you, uh, when they're stimming and giving yourself and your positioning away with your own tactical is definitely kind of a negative ability for sure. And next up we have Lifeline with her healing doc drone. Um, you know, big fan of Lifeline, big fan of the drone, but it's here at kind of the number two seed because mid late game, not super important. You mm -hmm. have your shields. Hopefully you're not getting lasered too badly. Um, this drone kind of loses some of its value, uh, after those initial drops. Yeah. Yeah. I think you covered that pretty well. And then crypto with his tactical being the drone. Um, that's at the number three from the bottom. It's tough. I think we definitely, I think our outlook on crypto is honestly very simple. I think we both agree that the drone has some great uses and it can be really cool. And, you know, just being able to spot enemies is awesome. Uh, but overall, that does not outweigh the fact that you are going two on three, the rest of your team. And that's just such a huge negative for us that it really does drive it down despite all of the positives that do come from the drone. Yeah, it's... You know, he has a lot of abilities within it. He can, you know, ping out if enemies are in an area on banners. He can grab respawn banners, which is quite nice. But if, you know, if, you're, if both your teammates went down and you have to use the drone in order to save them, maybe, you know, you could have been there at the first part. Yeah. And then they wouldn't have gone down. So it's just kind of a tough tactical uh, to, to judge here. But next is Mirage. Um, you know, at number 10, 
even though his tactical got a big buff and a rework, uh, there's just a lot of good competition uh, now in season five. And that's the fact. Yeah, that's really what it is, is like this is these next couple are so close, at least in my opinion, that it's like it's so hard to really uh, rank which ones are which. But I think that we definitely came away with the consensus that like Mirage is great. Bamboozling someone is awesome but it is not going to win the fight and win the games as often as these next couple tacticals will. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the decoy right now, the fact that it mimics your abilities. Uh, I feel like I've been getting a lot better with it. It takes some finesse, Yeah, uh, but it's it's really strong. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, it also, um, to a really smart player, uh, is easily countered just because footsteps are still really big. Um, and if you can identify the mirage that's shooting at you, then, you know, the bamboozle isn't as effective. Uh, but next up is Bangalore, the, the smoke. Uh, very versatile, tactical, kind of for uh, either closing the gap, crazy offensive smokes, but also just to move and also retreat. Um, having two charges on it is pretty nice, and it covers a really large area. So this is, even though it's so versatile, kind of a middle-of-the-road tactical here. Yeah, does its job, you know, gets you out of tough spots if need be. I'm a horrible smoke player. I am not good at playing in the smoke. And so it definitely does discombobulate a lot of people for sure. If used aggressively as well. Yeah, it can be kind of crazy. Kind of one of the reasons that it is a bit lower uh, compared to these next couple is because it's really easily countered by Bloodhound's whole kit. Yeah. Um, You know, you can be really confident as a Bangalore, like, oh, I'm going to smoke over here. And then as soon as you get scanned by a Bloodhound, you're kind of cooked because you can't see as the Bangalore, but the Bloodhound can see you. So can get kind of tough. And that's kind of where why Bangalore is where she is here for this tactical. Next up is Revenant. Uh, getting a big buff uh, near the end of season four to his tactical. Um, it's really crazy right now. Having two charges on it uh, with, I believe, a 20 second cooldown and a 10 second duration to the silence. Yeah. You can kind of always have the silences around. It's nuts. I mean, completely take away somebody's abilities. Uh, if you hit them with the silence, it's, you know, 10 damage. If it's a direct hit, it's 20 damage. Pretty much concusses them uh, and takes away their ability to, you know, phase or pop a dome or get away. Um, and the fact that you have two of them, you can really start off fights with a massive advantage with this tactical. Yeah, that's where... The best usage, in my opinion, outside of the obvious, like hitting somebody directly and silencing them is indoors. That thing is like a concussion grenade. It is so hard to see through and shoot through. It's very discombobulating and just overall just incredibly impactful at this point. Yeah, I definitely want to play more Revenant uh, going into this season, uh, just because if you can actually hit this tactical it's game over. That's uh, really good. But that's kind of the reason that it's still in this middle of the road place for tacticals because you do have to be very precise with it. You know, you're hitting a moving target and kind of the radius is super small. So you have to really be hitting these dime shots with this tactical grenade kind of vibe. Next up is Bloodhound. Uh, definitely getting some love with this scan uh, as of late. Uh, really nice. Uh, has gotten upgraded a lot. It seriously changed it since we last uh, ranked it. And yeah. they even changed it again at the beginning of the season. Like having it every 25 seconds for the amount of space that it covers is huge. And 
now that it's a longer duration as well, you even like your teammates are more easily able to see where the people are. It's it's really, really good right now. Yeah, I think that, you know, a bit of a tip for this Bloodhound is just to use it often. You know, some people get kind of hesitant just because it uh, kind of gives away your position Mm -hmm. uh, and they feel that, you know, 25 is a bit too much and they prefer to use it while they're in a fight to kind of see where the flank's coming from. Uh, But if you can identify a team first, uh, that's a huge advantage, man. You can do that here with Bloodhounds Tactical. Yeah, just don't use it if you're sneaking up behind somebody. Oh my goodness. (laughs) There's been some... Some randoms have really frustrated me a couple of times with that one. Yeah, it definitely gives you away, but uh, nice intel for a recon legend. Next up is Watson. You know, the the prized Watson fences uh, definitely define the meta of Apex. Uh, you have a lot of them. Uh, you can definitely fence off choke points, buildings, high ground. Um, can definitely be nice to make some sort of artificial fortress any time in the game yeah it's really good um it's one of the best in the game and uh the fact that you can really really hold down an area and situationally deploy the fences like that is absolutely huge without a doubt yeah for sure and i mean the watson fences uh you know there's counters to it you know crypto's ultimate can Mm -hmm. counter uh this tactical you can shoot the fences if they're not placed properly yep uh but i think shay and i both see this being used in competitive play and also playing it ourselves and that if you see a Watson all fenced up on a hill or in a building, you don't assault them. Like it keeps people at bay uh, and that kind of bright light of the electricity is nice because it's hard to shoot through. Yeah. It's hard to shoot through at range and then it deters people very much from pushing you hard and that's a big, big thing to get just from your tactical ability to avoid fights like that if you need to. Yeah, something that I really like to do uh, with Watson is, you know, being able to fence up an area only happens a couple of times a game because you get in that kind of late game strategic position. Uh, but whenever I have like high ground or I have an angle on somebody, I just pop down one fence in front of me and, you know, Watson having such a small hitbox, you can really laser people and they have a hard time seeing and hitting you back while you're just standing behind a fence in the middle of nowhere. So it's, it's a pretty cool tactical to use uh, in that position as well. And that brings us to Loba. Um, again, kind of coming up here on the upper levels of her tactical. Completely new uh, mobility-centric tactical. Super fun to use. Uh, Shay, you want to talk about kind of why it's here? And I mean, in general, we love mobility tacticals and being able to cover ground is really nice. And her specifically, the getaway ability is not the main usage of it, in my opinion, unless you're safe. There's definitely a delay on the activation and then once you land. Um, and so being able to use it strategically is very challenging. But you know, just being able to get onto the roof of somebody's building without worrying about being shot from the windows or like throwing it when you're at high ground, you can really throw that thing far. And then it does have abilities like going through windows and such. Like it just adds a lot of versatility to the game. And in general, just being able to move with that tactical is really, really nice. Yeah. I, I really enjoy using this tactical with Loba. I think there's definitely a learning curve on it. Like it is so unique because you can control the range and the duration. It's and hard. Even like have this emergency drop it to the ground kind of thing. And mastering that mechanic is kind of tricky. 
uh, but kind of the HUD of it, uh, once you get used to it, is kind of cool and is really transparent at what it's actually going to do. Uh, but kind of, I think we'll talk more about why it's why it's here and not maybe higher uh, as we get to the other mobility legends. Definitely. Um, but next up is Caustic. Uh, you know, the big boy, the gas man, uh, definitely making an appearance here at the top tier for tacticals. Uh, you know, Shay and I have been talking recently about just how many gas traps you get. Um, it's ridiculous. You know, you get three uh, that you can kind of charge up in your kit at any time. And then after that, you have a 15 second cooldown on getting the next one. And if you can have six out at a time, which you can, you can cover a huge area of some really deadly gas. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, like uh, they cannot be activated from the other side of doors now really does allow you to hold down the area. And if you break down the door, then you are immediately hit by gas. And once you're in the gas, caustic's just going to kill you. Like, and it's horrible. <laughs> it's, the truth. it's horrible. And it's just so versatile. You can really use it to zone off areas in the open if need be. And you can use it to lock down. And I think that's part of where we see the difference between Watson and caustic is that there's just more versatility. You can even use them offensively to throw them through windows into buildings. And that's a huge point. I mean, being good with Watson is really tough. Because one fence is really never enough to hold down an area. Yeah. And it takes some precision and like some focus to be able to put down these two different pings of a fence. With the caustic, you can just chuck it. You know, it's a lot faster. Um, it's a really cool deploy. Uh, and the fact that it just does an incredible amount of damage once triggered and it doesn't hurt your teammates is massive. Definitely. Next up is Pathfinder. Uh, kind of up here as a mobility, the grapple uh, got a bit of a nerf into season five, uh, but is still incredibly unique. You know, grabbing that really fast high ground uh, is incredibly effective uh, in Apex, and that's kind of why it's still a top tier tactical here. Yeah, it's just the use of it has become different. You don't use it as much mid fight anymore, but it's still a better getaway thing than Loba uh, just because of the instantaneousness of it. And then you can still get a lot higher than the other movement legends with this tactical. And Henry and I both very much value height in this game. And so, yes, you know, Pathfinder saw the nerf of the tactical. Um, I don't think people realized how dominant Pathfinder was beforehand. Uh, he was really, really, really just far and away one of the best legends. And the movement was kind of insane. Yeah, I'm very curious to see kind of how this next season goes and how the uh, the pick rate changes here. You know, like Pathfinder, huge dominant player that's played by a lot of people. Will he come down significantly throughout the season? Uh, that's kind of still to be seen, um, but we still rank him pretty highly because he's still very useful and versatile. Definitely. And then right above Pathfinder, we have Wraith. Uh, her tactical being able to uh, really be invincible and to get out of tricky situations is incredibly useful, not only for kind of scouting, but also getting away. Um, and kind of, it's tough. We try to divide uh, these abilities as much as possible, uh, but that tactical coupled with the portal can really get your team through hellfire. You know, being able to uh, use that tactical to get through crazy gunfights for positioning is just a very top-tier tactical. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it, it the fact that you uh, 
can't be shot. And like it's the trail is apparent, yes. And so people will uh, run into the situation where they use the tactical and then when it expires, the people have followed them the entire time. But it's still just so useful. It's a reason that Wraith is one of the most highly sought after characters and you're really going to run into a lot of Wraith in this game because that tactical is just an instant getaway. Absolutely. And all these tacticals, you know, have a duration or they have a weakness. And, you know, mastering that Wraith uh, phase is definitely something to be on your list. And then drum roll for number one tactical spot. We have Gibraltar, uh, an incredible dome shield tactical, uh, not only being able to res in four seconds compared to the standard five seconds while underneath it, uh, but also being able to heal up a bit faster while within it. Uh, really, in general, this dome can interrupt gunfights. You know, it's amazing artificial cover. I can give you that now 12 seconds of breather. Um, really a fantastic tactical that should be used uh, definitely with some strategic uh, ideas in mind. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I think this tactical has probably saved so many people. I know it saved me an incredible amount of times. It's just really, really good. And you see it at the highest levels being played because artificial cover is insane. And that concept in general, uh, just being able to be like, oh no, I got caught out in the open. Now you can pause and think about what's happening. You can protect yourself from other bombardments as well. It's just a very, very good tactical. Yeah, absolutely. And now the ultimates. Uh, this is really a, a tough thing to assess. Um, kind of just in general, the ultimate can make or break a legend, and we'll definitely be talking about that. Um, but also the charge up of ultimates is very unique. It definitely goes across a broad spectrum now from, you know, about a minute to, you know, three minutes or more. Um, and so kind of the, the often use of the ultimate is definitely interesting to look at. And now with the charge towers being a thing on the new Kings Canyon, uh, the ultimates are kind of exciting to talk about. That being said, diving into the bottom of our list. We have Bangalore. Yeah, Bangalore has a four and a half minute ultimate charge up time. It's a minute and a half longer than Gibraltar's. Um, I think we rank this one so low because there is no fear. When a Bangalore ultimate happens, you don't really feel like you have to rush to get out of the area. Like a worst case scenario, you take the damage and it's only about 46. And this ultimate even uh, stuns your own teammates as well. Uh, we just don't see it as something that is really dominating and controlling the game absolutely i really think that the charge up time is kind of an insult here for bangalore just because the activation time is forever and the actual explosion of the rolling thunder uh just takes so long uh, and the payoff just really isn't there you know as you know the longest ultimate charge up time it doesn't really have that payoff of like wow shock and awe this is an amazing ultimate. Then following Bangalore, we have Octane. Uh, getting a recent buff to his ultimate. Now it's a 60 second cooldown on his launch pad compared to a 90 second. Uh, still at our kind of number 12 spot just because it's tough to use. And really there's a lot of competition. And the advantage that this jump pad gives you is hit or miss. You know, can it get you consistent high ground? sometimes but overshotting it uh, can be kind of tough yeah it's good and being vertical in gunfights is kind of nice um 
and now just being able to really have it when you go into any gunfight. But it's just, you know, it's not as useful as a lot of the other ultimates in the game. And that's as simple as it is. And there's a reason that Octane is looking like the next legend that's going to see a bit of a buff slash rework concept to him because he's lacking some abilities to really take him to the next level. Yeah. Next up, we have Lifeline. You know, being able to bring in this care package uh, is quite unique. I'm currently in the process of doing some super sleuthing to identify how often do you really get this uh, purple armor? Yeah, because that's um, the draw. Yeah, because that's what makes this a great ultimate is if you can call it in and get purple armor, that's a win. You are excited about that because that, you know, turns you into a real competitor uh, to get those wins and to win gunfights. Uh, but the fact that it isn't, you know, a, a super high drop rate uh, can be tough. And it's six minutes on the cooldown time. So that's, yeah. that's, that's a long time. Like if you're not hitting charge towers or ultimate accelerants, you're getting maybe two or three in the game if you're like really lucky and surviving the entire time. And additionally, it gives away your position late game. Uh, there's a couple ultimates that do that as well. Uh, but nothing is as obvious as a huge care package dropping down from the sky. Yeah, definitely. Those downsides hurt uh, Lifeline in this ranking for the ultimate. Uh, but I just think that the ultimate isn't used enough because uh, of that long cooldown and the fact that people don't really feel it adds a lot of value. I know a few Lifeline mains that honestly don't care about their ultimate, don't use it because it gives away their position and they don't really care about having extra cells and maybe a shotgun bolt so yeah nothing's worse than uh dropping and getting the four to ten sniper and nobody's carrying a sniper and that like, happens yeah that happens it so. happens a good amount of time where you don't get what you truly want out of that package yeah next up we have the bloodhound ultimate uh in my opinion probably the most fun thing in the game it's really fun it's incredible. I mean, the movement speed, the visual, the fact that you can extend it by getting knocks uh, is super fun. Definitely turns Bloodhound into a, a one-person army. Uh, but it's kind of near the bottom here because it only helps Bloodhound. I think you nailed it when you said one-person army. Yeah. It really is. Uh, it becomes your sole responsibility to really execute it well and kill everybody and your teammates don't gain a lot from it and additionally speed boost is great but you can get really separated from the team and that ultimate and if you can't finish the hits or go down because of that uh you're putting your team in a bad spot at that point yeah it's an incredibly aggressive ultimate uh that leaves you exposed uh and it's kind of tough but definitely still super fun to use uh, but those downsides of kind of allowing you to overextend a bit easier and also being so incredibly loud uh, kind of just hurts a bit. But next up, we have Crypto's Ultimate. Uh, definitely the highlight of Crypto. Being able to stun and knock uh, shields off people is super effective. And being able to destroy traps is kind of a nice counter uh, to these defensive legends yeah. like Watson. Him being able to counter Caustic and Watson is, I think, his main draw from the ultimate. Uh, just because the concept of executing it perfectly where you hit the ult and then you're in the fight uh, you really have to play with a wraith at that point and that kind of limits it as well but in ranked being able to really uh, disrupt uh, the people that are locking themselves down is the main draw i think for this one for sure 
Next up is Mirage. Uh, you know, this is definitely a hot topic right now. People are saying that Mirage's ultimate is completely broken. Uh, the fact that, you know, he doesn't turn invisible anymore and now his decoys can mimic him can definitely disrupt fights, can definitely throw people off, uh, but isn't quite at that absolute top tier because the footsteps are incredibly loud and being able to identify where a logical Mirage would go to when popping their ultimate uh, is just a bit too easy to say this is super top tier. Yeah, and the reason I put this one uh, personally above Bloodhounds is because um, I think they kind of are used in the same way. Mid-fight, uh, really disrupt combat for Mirage and then for Bloodhound really kind of close out these fights. And the fact that you get Mirages every 60 seconds and Bloodhounds, you don't have it going into a lot of the fights. When you can go into every fight with like seven of you, uh, it, it can be really confusing. I've been bamboozled too many times this season. It's, yeah. it's just a really good ability at this point. Yeah, you have to be smart in order to really pull it off, you know, to be unpredictable and where you're actually going. Uh, can definitely make or break this ultimate uh, and the execution of it. Using it indoors will cause people to panic, though. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh, it's like starting the party. <laughs> it's really it's really a lot. Next up, we have Gibraltar. Uh, just right above Mirage, kind of disrupting that combat. Uh, Gibraltar kind of took a hit in our uh, rankings from last season. Um, his ultimate is still extremely strong. Um, it does a decent amount of damage. It comes down pretty quick. Definitely superior to Bangalore's. Um, but can be countered by simply being indoors and also the Watson ultimate. Yeah. Um, it does have a nice cooldown time that you can use it quite frequently. Um, but the fact that, you know, it just, you can run away, um, it can be countered, uh, kind of puts it here at this middle tier instead of being on top. Yeah. Uh, for the people that are kind of going to be like, oh, but you got Bangalore ranked as the worst and Gibraltar at the middle. Um, I think personally, our opinions are just that it's much more instantaneous and you get it way more often. And those are the two really key things. And I find when playing with Bangalore's and Gibraltar's that we get a lot more uh, damage done and knocks from Gibraltar's ultimate than Bangalore's by a pretty significant margin. Absolutely. Next, we have Revenant. Uh, his ultimate definitely got a, a huge change uh, at the end of season four. Um, it's truly incredible right now. I, I need to use more Revenant. Uh, he's just so <laughs> unique to play and this ultimate can absolutely win gunfights if positioned really well. Yeah. I think like one of the main concepts of, we like to go by is if you can go in and take the shields off of one and knock another person, that's a guaranteed win on the gunfight with that ult. Yeah. And he, it just absolutely shifts things and it's so, it's so, so good right now. And really, a, a lot of these ultimates we're in right now are just absolutely killer in situations. And his is up there for sure. Yeah, definitely turning a gunfight. Next up is Caustic. Uh, his ultimate being able to throw a gas grenade and cover an area, pop people while in a building, uh, kind of cover an outdoor area. Um, it does a ton of damage. And being able to throw that uh, grenade and then have the ability to see through it is Oof. it's like bloodhound it's unfair like yeah. it's so so good right now and yeah. the fact that your team can push through it as well now yeah. uh, is an incredibly offensive ability for a defense legend to have and then those late game shrinks it's just like if the zone is the size of his gas it's over 
yeah. at that point. It like, just is. Yeah. It's a battle of the caustics. Yeah. <laughs> and then next, even ahead of caustic in our rankings, uh, we have Loba. Uh, this kind of new looting ability, uh, we're really jazzed about. You know, the fact that it can be used uh, at the beginning, middle, and end of a game uh, for a variety of purposes, uh, we're really attracted to. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'll just say my opinion on it because I've played so much of Loba at this point. Um, being able to get the entire team, their perfectly stacked up gun every game, essentially, is amazing. It, it's really nice to go into every uh, gunfight, you know, not worried about what you're handling at that point. It's eliminating RNG to a huge extent. And then late game, being able to create these armor swap situations where you got like four purple bodies around you, it's just kind of crazy at this point. Yeah. And if you're ever like low on ammo or healables, you just always have access to that. It really just, we love this ultimate because it eliminates so much of those like, oh man, we lost that game because we ran out of ammo. Just those kinds of situations. Yeah, it's so, so good. And also just being able to expedite the looting process to fend off those third parties by popping this down after you wipe a team uh, can just make things faster and get you back into the fight faster. And I'm definitely all for that. Now, here we are to the top three ultimate abilities. Uh, number three, we have Watson. Uh, her ultimate is incredible. Uh, not only does it you know, passively regenerate your shields, uh, but it also fends off uh, the artilleries and the grenades and the caustic grenades. Um, it really has a, a really cool ability in doing that defensively. Definitely. Yeah, he said it best. It's just a great counter to all these other legends and really helps you lock down and control that zone and area that you're uh, in late game for sure. And then next up, we have Pathfinder. Uh, definitely in our rankings, we value this mobility uh, almost more than anything. This high ground is really important and being able to have a zip line that can get you that high ground very often and definitely at end games uh wins games yeah that's really it's super simple like if your whole entire team is on top of the other team you're gonna get those wins and he's the only guy that can get you there and get yeah. the entire team there and team movement in of itself is so key and yeah that's really it it's definitely tough to compare pathfinder and wraith our number one spot um but the fact that Pathfinder's zipline uh, can get you that verticality and can't be destroyed is definitely valuable. But we kind of gave the edge to Wraith here because the team is not vulnerable while making this position change. Even though she can't necessarily get to high ground as easily as Pathfinder, um, she can move the whole team without people getting shot while traveling on a zipline, which is a plus. Yeah, and there's just situations where you're not going to really be able to use the zipline to rotate because you're going to need to you're going to need that portal to get out of the building and then move to a certain area. And so it's just more often you will run into the situation where that Wraith portal uh, was the only option for sure. All right, and now here is our overall rankings. We will try to put this on our social to let you guys check out kind of all the, the fancy math behind it. Uh, but tied at the bottom here, we have Crypto and Octane kind of near the bottom. They're said to be getting some buffs coming up shortly. Uh, but for all the reasons that we listed above, these two are holding down the bottom. Then we have Bloodhound, Bangalore, Lifeline, Mirage, Watson, Revenant, Caustic, Loba, and the top three are Wraith, Gibraltar, and Pathfinder. Yeah. 
I think, uh, you know, Pathfinder still being up there might surprise some people. Um, Pathfinder just still is one of those best legends in the game. And he has movement, he has team ability, and the fact that he can really help you rotate and know where to hold up in those late games is just absolutely huge. Um, but I think the big thing is Loba breaking into that top four. Like, that's a serious switch to the meta. Yeah. She alters gameplay differently than any other legend and is really, really great at this point in the game. Yeah. Lots of change here uh, from season four coming into season five. Um, but yeah, you nailed it. Loba is definitely making a splash here, uh, changing things up. And uh, it's, it's going to be really fun to see how the rest of the season plays out and maybe how this ranking changes with some future buffs and nerfs. Yeah. And I think also just like a key takeaway is now more than ever, these legends are so even like they're so close and grouped together that like we have, you know, Bangalore pretty significantly uh, differentiated from Revenant, but they're both still such great legends. And when used correctly can both be so good. So it's, it's really tough to um, do that. But I think, Overall, Henry and I didn't have a whole ton of significant differences in our individual rankings. I think like the only major switches we had were like, I think I had Revenant two spots lower and Caustic two spots higher. But besides that, we were pretty much in uh, agreement for most everything. And it all just comes down to that personal preference in the end. For sure. With that, though, uh, let's get into our drop with us segment henry i'll let you read this one out awesome so this is coming from patrick uh he's a level 245 platinum ranked caustic main uh patrick is a good friend of ours and a very loyal listener uh and pretty bored right now definitely looking uh for some teammates uh you can track him down on instagram at pat.9501 Definitely reach out and uh, feel free to play some games with them. It's yeah. definitely down. It'll be in the description below, so check it out there. Um, we have a couple questions, so let's uh, let's wrap up with a couple questions. We know this has been a long one, so thanks for sticking with us, but we had some good questions, and I think going over them will be kind of nice. And the first one is coming from Al Paco, five star on iTunes. After all of the season five buffs and nerfs, who is the most overpowered and who is the most underpowered? And it was a five-star question, so we're throwing it in here. I think we answered it pretty well with this entire big body segment. And really, there isn't a huge, like, overpowered at this point. I don't think. I think everybody's pretty balanced right now. It's awesome. Honestly, that's what I see, too. You know, I don't see anybody as being far and above anybody else. Um, but I definitely feel that crypto uh, could use some love. You know, I think that it should either be a little easier um, or he should gain some abilities. Um, and that's that's what I'll say about that. For sure. Yeah. Next question coming from A Tucker. Five star. I use ninja controls in the new box design. It won't let me grab anything. It just keeps on pinging the loot. What do you think I should do? Tucker, I'm not a fan of the ninja control layout. Uh, but, you know, it's what teach their own. I, I've heard they're working on a patch to fix this and it might already have been rolled out at this point. And Temporarily, though, it sounds like you're going to have to switch up those controller settings for now, unfortunately. Next question is coming from the Instagram from Y-M-C-L-O-A-C-K-Y-M-Clock. <laughs> How do you feel about all these quests and secret stories in Apex? Yeah, we're going to really dive into the quests on our next episode. 
I'm really, I'm really loving it though. Yeah, we played for, through the first one and uh, it was quite an exciting introduction to what we could perhaps see uh, in the remaining eight of these quests. Uh, it's quite exciting and reading all the lores and the story that's written into it uh, is super cool. Yeah, I'm in agreement. It's awesome. I love lore. And so any excuse to really get more lore is awesome. And yeah, we have so many more things and it's all going to come together. We're going to figure out what uh, these writers and Apex wants us to really know about this next uh, legend potentially, which is something that's been hinted at already a couple of times. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify with a five-star review with your question. And we will make sure to answer it on the next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. We try to interact with all of you all on there. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. See you guys. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom! Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>